The Set the Pace podcast is brought to you by New Balance, the official apparel and footwear of New York Roadrunners and the TCS New York City Marathon. And you know, one of my favorite things about marathoners is that we're not afraid to show off the fact that we run marathons. And if you haven't already, you should head to newbalance.com to check out this year's official TCS New York City Marathon collection. And for all you New Yorkers out there, you can come check out the collection in person or even take a pair of New Balance shoes for a test run at the New York Roadrunners Run Center located at 57th Street between 8th and 9th Avenues. We got tons of new colors and fits and everything from the official jacket to my new go-to daily trainer, the Fresh Foam 1080 version 13. I've been wearing these things around, not just in the gym, but just around the city, and I get tons of compliments on them. They're good looking, they're super comfortable and lightweight, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. And my favorite part is that they feature the Marathon logo and the color. So thank you to New Balance for letting my New Balance gear do the talking for me. We should also, by the way, let you know the full line will be available race week at the TCS New York City Marathon Expo presented by New Balance. Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Gritterbikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Mev Kapleski. Hello and welcome to another episode of Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners presented by New Balance. Hey everybody, I'm Rob Simulcare, the CEO of New York Roadrunners, and I'm joined as I am every week by 2009 New York City Marathon champion Meb Kofleski. And Meb, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Rob. It's been uh, traveling with soccer and cross country here and there, so it's kind of exciting to be, be back on this podcast. You got your kids soccer cross country. I got my kids also running some cross country and some softball. I watched a softball tournament all weekend, so always love doing that. But Meb, for our runners out there, uh, they are getting excited. We are now just about three weeks out from the TCS New York City Marathon on November 5th. And boy, the nerves are starting to build. I can see it on social media. People are really getting excited uh, you know, we're now in that period, Meb, where people are starting to taper off from those long runs. And we're going to talk about the taper process later on in this podcast in our Meb Minute. So we'll look forward to that. But of course, I know a lot of folks out there have had a rough week as well, given the events going on in the world. It's been a really tough time uh, with what we're all watching in the news. And just want to let everybody know out there, you know, our thoughts are with everyone being impacted by uh, these events. Uh, anywhere in the world. So we hope everybody's getting through this okay and hope that running can be a part of that because we all use running as a refuge to get us through difficult times and I hope we can all do that together. Meb, on this week's episode, uh, we're going to turn the table a little bit and uh, you're going to interview me uh, for the first time, which I think will be fun. It's, it's been a great experience for me. I'm almost a year into my time here as CEO of New York Roadrunners, my first marathon coming up. So we decided to let you grill me on what it's all been like. Rob, I'm so excited for this episode. I get the opportunity to interview you as a, you had so many great careers and uh, as a CEO for the New York Roadrunners, as your first marathon, it's exciting. 
uh, we thought it would be an interesting to see, to get to know you a little bit more about who you are as a fellow runner and as a CEO of the New York Road Runners. Thank you so much, Mab. It's, uh, it's an honor to be, uh, to be interviewed by you. Absolutely. All right, come at me. What you got? Well, the beginning is always the beginning, right? Uh, how, when did you grow up and how, who are your parents to begin with and where did you grow up? Well, you know, I, I work uh, about like four blocks from where I was born, so I haven't really gone very far. I, I, I was born on the east side, and now my office at Roadrunners is on the west side of Manhattan. So I, I, I'm pretty much a local kid. You know, I, I lived in, in New York City you know, very briefly and then moved to New Jersey when I was a little kid. But, you know, really from seventh grade on, I went to school back in New York City. I went to school up in Riverdale, a school called Horace Mann. Um, and it was really there that I, you know, I, I played a lot of sports. I played baseball as a kid growing up, but, you know, you know, ran and did, did a bunch of things up there. So I'm really a local kid and my, my parents are, you know, well, partly New York as well. My, my mom was from Danville, Virginia. And the story actually, Meb, is interesting. She grew up in a town that was one of the, you know, last kind of strongholds of of the Confederacy back in the Civil War era. Danville, Virginia was the last capital of the Confederacy. And she grew up and went to segregated schools, African-American woman, um, was valedictorian of her school, huh. but couldn't go to the University of Virginia or other colleges that she would have wanted to go to because they weren't really integrated yet. So she you know, decided to go to college in New York City um, after she graduated high school. And that's where she met my dad, who grew up in Harlem um, and went to City College of New York, uh, where actually we have a race that runs through the Harlem, uh, the Percy Sutton Harlem 5K. So my mom and dad met in, in college in New York City. And that's, that's, that's how I came to be. That's a wonderful story. You know, through everything, our parents tried to live a better life for us. And let's talk about you as individual. In seventh grade, we have a lot of similarities. You know, my dad has to walk over 225 miles to give opportunities for his kids. And when I was in seventh grade, I had to run for P class to get an A and a T-shirt. And what did you discover when you were in seventh grade? I remember you said in our previous conversations, sports was an interest of yours. Yeah, you know, sports, Meb, was always uh, a part of my family. You know, I, I grew up with one brother. We were constantly outside playing something, you know, throwing a ball or doing whatever. You know, baseball was always a big thing in my family. My, my dad was a Giants fan of the old New York Giants days. I became a Mets fan. Uh, so we, we always loved baseball. I played Little League and, you know, played tennis and all that. So sports was just kind of always there. You know, it was always something we did and it was a way that we, we bonded with each other. Um, and, you know, when I got a little bit older and went to school, you know, baseball was still my, my main thing, right? And, and cross country was, you know, became a thing that I did in the fall to stay out of gym class. You talked <laughs> about how you, you went to gym class and they made you run a mile and you ran it in like five minutes flat or something like that. And they knew you were in the Olympics. I ran just to stay out of gym class for the most part in the fall. But I ran pretty fast. I was able to run. I think I ran my first mile was probably about six 20 or something like that. So pretty good for a kid who hadn't really run before. And, you know, I realized, you know what, this running's not bad. You know, it's something I can do 
when I'm not playing baseball or playing tennis. And I had kind of a love-hate relationship with it, but I, I came to kind of like it. You know, not a bad for a baseball player. And uh, as we <laughs> know, you know, running is a fundamental for every sport. You know, it's uh, important to be able to just share those moments. But what would be that kind of got you into distance running? You know, distance running has not been appreciated or seen as like if you're baseball, you're late, say, give me a lap or something or basketball and things like that. How did you get introduced to, did you enjoy cross country or were there other things that you started going to 5K and longer distances? Yeah, I'll tell you that cross country for me, Meb, was, it was just a love-hate kind of thing. You know, I, there were days we used to, you know, we ran up at Van Cortland Park. You got hills. Um, which is, yeah, the <laughs> hills, right? It's the famous, one of the most famous cross country tracks in, the, in America, right? You, the, the hills and the, it's, it's a great, great course, but it's brutal. And I had a lot of rough days, you know, running cross country. I, you know, by my junior year, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not sure I want to keep doing this. Um, it was just brutal. And so when I was finished with high school, as far as I was concerned, I was finished with that. I, I wasn't looking to run anymore. I wanted to play some more baseball, but I, you know, I wasn't really looking to be a distance runner. And I would still run a little bit here and there just to stay in shape, but it just wasn't like a thing I thought I was going to come back to. And the story of me running a marathon actually started in Boston um, in 1997. I'm dating myself a little bit, but that was the year I graduated law school. I went to, to Dartmouth College. I, w I ended up going to law school at Harvard. And I went to- Let me take your time out on that one, Rob, because <laughs> your success there go to Dartmouth, which is, I believe, is 6% acceptance rate, and the Harvard Law School <laughs> is 4%. It's not just going to Harvard. Tell us about those experiences before we dive to the marathon distance. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was, listen, I went to a very good high school. My parents were, were very focused on academics from a young age and, you know, really- sent me to private school because they felt that that would be the best way for me to get the most out of my academic ability, which I'm glad they did because it, it did help me. Um, you know, and then from there I was able to, you know, go to some pretty good schools. You know, I was, I was a good enough test taker that I would I'd do pretty well on, you know, SATs and LSATs and things like that. And, you know, probably some running analogy there in terms of like preparing and, being your best on a, on a big, important day, right? I think I was able to do that on some of those test days back when, you know, colleges used to care about test scores. I don't think they do much anymore. But, you know, yeah, it definitely, you know, was, was I was fortunate to be able to go to some really good educational institutions. And it's, it's definitely played a big role in my life, both in terms of what I've been able to do and also some of the people I've met. You know, I, I've just been really lucky to have a great set of friends who are, you know, a lot of really accomplished, smart, driven people, you know, which I think in a lot of ways is the best part about going to, you know, a great school is the people you get to meet, you know, and the people you get to take with you through your life and the, the, the lessons you learn from them and the way that you motivate each other, you know, just like a race, right? You're, you're going to run faster <laughs> when you're running with other fast runners, right? And I feel like that's been useful for me a little bit. It's kind of contagious, but I wanted to say the similarities of academia and then the similarities of distance running seems to have some special bond. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I can use so many metaphors for it, right? I mean, you know, the, the sprint versus marathon thing and, you know, just the, the focus that it takes. So, so anyway, when I was in Harvard in 1997, it's actually, there's actually a tie into baseball too, Meb, because 
Boston, as you probably know, on Marathon Day, it's a holiday in, in, in Massachusetts, Patriots, Patriots Day. Patriots Day, yep. And so everybody's got the day off. And I, one of my friends actually got tickets to the Red Sox 11 a.m. game. They always would play on Patriots Day. It's the only game in Major League Baseball that starts at before noon local time. So I went to Fenway. I, th- I think they were playing the Yankees, actually. Maybe, maybe I don't forget who it was. But they go <laughs> to the game. And then when the game ends... It's like 1.30 in the afternoon, 2 in the afternoon. We walk out of Fenway Park, and we're like, oh, yeah, I guess the marathon's going on today. There was a lot of commotion, people walking around. So I just decided, you know what, let's go check out the finish of the marathon. I walked over to Boylston Street, I think it was, and, and was able to watch these runners coming down the, the home stretch of the Boston Marathon. And I just immediately was like, oh, man, this is cool. I was like, I would love to do that someday and feel what they're feeling finishing 26.2 miles. And it was pretty much that day I decided I wanted to run a marathon. And of course, being from New York, what did I do? I immediately looked up New York Roadrunners <laughs> and the New York City Marathon. And I sent in for an application in like the next week to run the marathon. And, and I, ran, I ran it in 1997. Wow, that's amazing. It's the human spirit that's its best. But how do you, uh, as busy as you are and traveling and been a practicing law, how did you do it? Because I know the mileage are very demanding as well. You know, that the first year I ran, it was actually the perfect year to run a marathon, Meb, to be honest. And I would, I would totally recommend if anybody's listening or you have a kid or a friend who's, who's, studying for the bar exam, because that's what you do after you graduate law school. You take the bar exam and you have to learn all the law they didn't teach you in law school, right? So you spend a good couple of months really buckling down and studying. And so I was studying for the bar exam that summer. And, you know, you're sitting there going through these books and listening to these like horrible lectures every day, and you need something to break that up. So I would I would train. I started my training during that period of training for the bar. And it was a perfect compliment, actually. You know, I, I really, it, it, it helped me get through the bar exam. And then after the bar, you know, you have some vacation time. So I, I ran during the vacation. And I, I remember I started working at a law firm in New York City in October. Uh, I pushed it back as long as I could because I, I didn't, you know, I, I wanted to keep training and having fun. And I think like a week after I started at the law firm, I ran the the New York City Marathon. So it was really cool to to start my new working life and to kick that part of my life off with running the marathon. Um, it was just like that. It was a perfect, perfect time. That's awesome. You know, I thought I was the only one studying on my runs because sometimes I would remember when I was at UCLA, whether it's math formula or science formula, I put it in my head and then I would go for my eight mile run and then come back, write it down. It says, okay, I got this one. I didn't have to study the other one. But how do you now as a, you know, busy man and family man to be able to put running into your lifestyle now? Well, you know, it's funny. It's been consistently a part of my life pretty much ever since I ran that first marathon. Right? I've always been running a few times a week just because I feel like I need it. You know, I, I always feel like I can feel the difference. And I think people around me, Meb, can tell the difference, <laughs> especially my kids, right, can probably tell the difference between dad who's had a run or dad who has gone a few days without taking a run. Absolutely. You know, a, I feel you. <laughs> not the same guy. <laughs> the, the, the guy who's taking a run is definitely a better guy to be around. 
So I think that I know that I need it. And therefore, I just find a way to fit it in um, at least that few times a week, no matter what else is going on. And the, the best thing about running is the flexibility of it. You know, the fact that you can just find that 45 minute block, if that's all you have time for, grab your shoes, throw them on, no matter where you are, no matter where you're traveling, like it's always doable. Even if the weather's terrible, you can find a treadmill, right? So it's always been something I've been able to fit in. And it's, it's just why I think it's kind of stayed with me so long. You know, it's, I still play tennis and I play softball, but like those things require other people <laughs> and a court or a field. And like, a, there's a whole thing that has to happen there. Whereas running, it's just, it's just like always there. And it's like a friend, you know, who you just you know, you can always pick up the phone and they're always going to answer. Absolutely. The simplicity of makes us all a lot more accessible and, you know, you just need a pair of shoes, shorts and shirt and maybe gloves or tights if you're on a colder place. But, you know, running is fun. I think uh, like to your point, though, my my family also knows when I run when I have run when I have not run. So it's kind of important to be able to get that mile in. Um, in terms of New York Road Runners, skipping a little bit of beat, you know, my goal was when I did my first marathon in 2008, to New York, my dream was always to win the New York Marathon. I, and I read a little bit about you that in 2015, you were kind of a little bit eyeing that prestigious job of the CEO of New York. How did that come about? Well, for New York, the first time that I really had a conversation with New York Roadrunners, yeah, it was in 2015. I was still working at NBC Sports. I worked at ESPN for 10 years. Then I was at NBC Sports. And Roadrunners approached me, and it was actually for a different job. It was for the head of community impact job mm. um, at the time. And you know, we, we New York Roadrunners has a huge community impact here, especially in the New York City area, with you know programs for kids in schools, and you know, you know, older adults, and we, we just a tremendous amount that people don't know about Roadrunners that we do to make an impact in New York. And it was for that job to run those community programs, which. I thought was really interesting um, because I've always been someone who tried to mix public service on one side and also having a career in business and you know being able to pay the bills and all that, right? So I've always tried to find that balance. And when I first talked to Roadrunners back then, I thought, wow, this is cool because it's, a, it's in the sports industry. It's a space I know because I've worked in this space for a long time. And it has a lot of sort of, you know, aspects to it that I know about from my time working on the sports business side, but it also has this mission and this impact that I believe in, right? And so I loved that. And that was why we talked then. That was when Mary Wittenberg was CEO and, you know, things didn't end up working out then. Mary ended up moving on to some other things, you know, time passed, you know, CEOs came and went at the organization and then, you know, they called me uh, sometime later in the summer of 2022, uh, a recruiting firm called me and asked if I'd be interested in talking to New York Roadrunners about the job as CEO. And I, you know, I said, wow, that would be, uh, that would be incredible. I, I know the organization so well and love what they do. And so I said, yes. And one thing led to another, here I am talking to you. Well, we're delighted to have you here. And as you know, impact is important for, uh, on behalf of the team Ford kids and rising New York Roadrunners. Uh, is important, but the mission of New York Riders to help and inspire 
through running, you know, I've been part of the New York Road Runners for many years. And where do you see this future going with your leadership? Yeah, thank you. I mean, that that is the mission. And, you know, it's already so big. You know, we do so much. We touch so many people, you know, all year long. Obviously, the marathon is the big, big thing. And it will continue to be the big thing. People from around the world come to be a part of the TCS New York City Marathon. And we're so blessed to inherit that incredible legacy and what's been built by generations of leaders of this organization, going back to, to Ted Corbett, you know, founding the organization in the 1950s, and then Fred LeBeau, you know, you know, helping found the marathon and making it a five borough marathon. And then, you know, his leadership for so many years, you know, Alan Steinfeld, Mary Wittenberg, you know, so many fe- people who've come since. Karen Hempel, who did such a great job as an interim CEO, you know, getting the organization back on a solid footing before I came in, right? So th- there's such a great heritage. And, you know, my goal, Meb, I, you know, we had a, we had a, st- a group a leadership offsite back in May with the senior team. And what I said to the, to the team that, that I, you know, am fortunate enough to lead is what is going to be the big, amazing thing that we create? in our time leading this organization. You know, there, there was so much that's been done, so many great events, not just the marathon, but the, the half marathons and things like the, the mini 10K or, you know, community programs like, you know, our, our rising New York Roadrunners in schools or the open run program, which is a free running program around New York. So we have all these great things. And what I'm really challenging our team today to do is to think about what are the new, big, amazing things we can do to help grow running, to help you know, grow the impact of the sport of running here in New York, and to, to make sure we're continuing to find new ways to bring in new people into the sport of running. Now, that, that to me is the goal is, you know, let's bring new people in, let's find ways to meet people where they are and grow the sport and grow the impact that running can have on people, especially Meb young people, because I think now when you look at what young people are facing, you know, and social media, you know, being such a huge driver and the technology that keeps them so sedentary. And, you know, a lot of this has really negative effects on them, you know, on their physical health, on their mental health. And I talk a lot about mental health, Meb, you know, running can be an antidote for so many of the things that are challenges for young people today. And so I really want to make sure we keep our focus there. Well, you said earlier, you know, running becomes your friend, you know, and then I think the New York Road Runners done a phenomenal job to have different races to be able to just lead. You know, there's something for everybody, whether it's the Fifth Avenue Mile or the Brooklyn uh, Half Marathon or the New York City Marathon. But I think it's important to say that the mental health aspect of it, because people just need to lean on and running, we realize uh, it is a cool thing, post-collegiate possibly versus before that. But I think with your outreach program, whether with the Rising New York Road Runners or Team Ford Kids, would be uh, be important to lead to that. So, what has it been? You know, in a fun way, fun part of your job so far. Gosh, I mean, this. I think this is one of the best five jobs that anybody in New York has. To be honest, I I think that this is just an incredible organization and an incredible job. I think manager of the Yankees, manager of the Mets, 
maybe mayor, right? <laughs> I, I think it's up there with like those jobs in New York City. So I am having that much fun with this. Um, for me, Meb, the, the number one favorite thing I do in this job is when we have races, um, I go to those races, you know, most of the time I'm at most of our races and sometimes I run them, but not always because my favorite thing is to get to the finish line. And I just love hanging out at the finish line and I will stand there and I will give out thousands of fist bumps and high fives. And I love the finish line because, I mean, you think about it, Meb, you, you know, what it's like at a finish line. Like uh, the finish lines are some of the happiest places on earth. And of course, the longer the race, the happier the finish <laughs> line, right? So after a 5K, yeah, people are happy. They're giving me a high five. They're definitely feeling good. But like when they get to the end of a half marathon, right? Especially the ones who are there for the first time, have never run a long distance like that before. And they have that moment of like, oh my God, I can't believe I did it, you know? It is so much fun to be there with them for those moments and to give out the high fives and the hugs and take the pictures and the selfies and all of that. And so I cannot wait to do that on Marathon Day this year. That, that's just a day that I've had obviously circled ever since I came to this job. And I can't wait to be there and see all those moments happen. 50,000 moments like that are going to happen on one day at the finish line of the TCS New York City Marathon, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right there. So I, it's an incredible opportunity. From personal experience, those are the tears of joy that comes. You know, sometimes people say, hey, you're not a runner or some people want to lose a weight and they, want, they can't go around the block, but eventually see themselves run into the five pros of the TCS New York City Marathon. They're incredibly proud. You know, it's the diploma, the medal. I remember when I got my medal, when I won the New York City Marathon, it says, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And that's a perfect example for anybody that are running. And, uh, you know, it's going to be incredible and we're looking forward to it. And obviously, as your leadership, you know, you are one of the versatile person that I have met because you have done so many jobs with ESPN, NBC, and your platform, that persona that you started, founded, and now to be the CEO of the New York City Marathon. It's incredible. You know, we... We're just blessed with your presence and the, the community is lucky to have you and to be able to share with you because your presence means so much and looking forward to having you November coming up. And I'm pretty sure there's many other races that we're looking forward to. But, you know, Rob, any last comment that you'd like to add for the first time marathoners or those people that are coming from hyenas after five years? You know, first of all, I just want to say I'm psyched to have you here, right? Because, I mean, this is this idea of having this podcast you know, something that's a natural for me, given my background, doing a lot of broadcasting, but it wouldn't be the same if we didn't have somebody like you as a part of it, because, you know, you're such a legend in the, in this industry, people are just so psyched to see you and talk to you. So, you know, you're, you're a huge part of making this work. So I'm so psyched to have you. And then for our runners, you know, I, I just think I want to make sure that everybody out there, first of all, I always want to say, how are we doing? Right. My, when I, when I'm out there and I talk to runners or run clubs, like the first thing I say is, how are we doing? I want to hear that that was Ed, you know, Ed Koch, the, the old mayor of New York in the 1980s. He used to walk around the city. And the first thing he would say when he would meet a New Yorker on the subway or on the street, <laughs> how am I doing? Right. He always wanted to know. And, you know, 
he would get feedback and sometimes it was good and sometimes it was bad and that's how it goes and that's how that's what I get at those finish lines sometimes I get a little feedback that we could do this better do that better and and that's great I want to hear that because that's how we get better um, so I want to hear from folks right I want to hear you know how they think we can be better and how we can serve them better always want to hear that uh, and then secondly I just want them to have a great time like have an amazing time you know at the marathon or whatever event is that you're you know, a part of here in New York, you know, there's ways to engage with us. Even if you're not running in New York, you know, enjoy our, we've got virtual products. You can run our virtual marathon or other virtual races on Strava, like wherever you are, you know, if running or by the way, even walking, which we're doing more in walking is part of your life. Like we want to, we want to find a way to be a part of your life. Right. So like talk to us, let us know what we can do. And, and just have fun because, you know, the, the marathon, the TCS New York City Marathon, it should be one of the best days of your life. And, you know, we, we want it to be that. And if it's not, we want to hear about it, right? But, but please, have a great time. You know, running the New York City Marathon is one of my most memorable, my favorite marathon. And on this podcast, Set the Pace, you, Rob, you've been an amazing with us. And, you know, we can't do without you. And then also, obviously, the people that are training for this, because one day you're going to be running. It might be virtual right now, but when you come to New York, you know, it's challenging, but it's fun. And it's a melting pot of the world, capital city of the world. And I just feel the energy as soon as I land at the airport. And uh, so we can't wait to welcome everybody to come to be part of the New York experience. And thank you so much for this podcast opportunity to interview you and uh, get to know you a little bit better. Meb, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Now it's time for our Meb Minute, where every week we get a little bit of insight from the mind of 2009 New York City Marathon champion Meb Kofleski. And Meb, we're just about three weeks out from the marathon now. For most runners, they've either done that long, long run or they're about to do it and they're starting that taper process. What is the taper process and why do runners do it? Tapering is important. It starts about three weeks out. You have done your long run. You've done your tempos. you got your intervals. But now is where nervousness comes in. you kind of like, can I make it? Am I going to be able to do it? So it's more of a mental challenge. Physically, you're ready. You have the haze in the barn. You've done the work. But now how do you kind of keep that calmness of anxiety or anxiousness to get to the starting line? You know, you need to cut back your miles, obviously. You need to cut back your nutrition a little bit. Focus on, you know, as you get closer to the race, carbo load. Those are the important things. Stretching a little bit because you've been putting a lot, quite a bit of miles, routine. Now you're not in that same routine, so you feel like your hamstring is tight or your calf is tight. Start stretching a little bit more and just be excited. You're, you've done the work. Now it's time to celebrate as you get ready to do whether your first marathon or your 10th marathon. It is the TCS New York City Marathon. You just start visualizing the people cheering for you and being there and come across the finish line in a, in a big way, celebrating your own achievement that you have done a lot of work. And tapering is important, but it could be a little bit tricky on the mind. Yeah, it can be hard to hold back, right? You've been used to these 18, 19, 20-mile runs, and now you're not doing those. Do people sometimes fear that they're losing fitness? Absolutely, Rob. I think, you know, you've been doing a lot of miles, uh, as you said, 18, 19, but now getting down to four to seven-mile run or five-mile run is like, uh, am I losing fitness? You have that doubt. But at the same time, just know, believe in yourself, believe in your training and start visualizing going up these hills about the different bros and you're there. You know, we just got to put now the celebration of from Staten Island all the way to Central Park. 
All right, and that is today's Meb Minute, and that is it for another episode of Set the Pace. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Start those tapers. Get yourself ready. It's coming. New York City Marathon. We can't wait to have you, and we'll see you next week.